Hey, it's Jason Bryden. Welcome to the Bold Acting Podcast. This is uh, weekly, weekly reflections on uh, what we've been doing in class here in Toronto. If you want to audit for free, send an email to jasonbryden at gmail.com or go to boldacting.com for more information. You can also sign up for my Substack and get a free five-minute read uh, in the form of a newsletter every Sunday afternoon. You can also find me on Instagram at Jason Bryden of Canada and the ticks and the talks and uh, Facebook. I can't remember how you get there. Facebook's dumb. Oh, man, I just got back on there first time in over a decade. Wow. That's, um, can't wait to get back off of that. Yeah. Although I have bought a lot of stuff on Marketplace. Anyways, I'm rambling. I started teaching in 2022 because my singing teacher said that I should teach. I didn't want to. I never have. My dad was the teacher. A really good one, too. He taught ESL in East Vancouver in the Vancouver uh, uh, school board. I'd go over there and visit him. He would uh, teach out in a portable trailer. He never wanted to be inside the school. He wanted to be out there, away from the administration. Because he was teaching in unorthodox ways. He would take these new Canadians... And instead of teaching the curriculum, I mean, he did that, but instead of just teaching the curriculum, he would also teach them how to get a job at McDonald's, how to fill out a, an application at Safeway. He'd, he'd teach them how to grocery shop. He'd take them to the bank and teach them how to, this is where you go get a bank card. This is how you get one. I always appreciated that about him. I would go over there and watch him teach, and then we'd go into the cafeteria and have lunch. He was also a big fan of telling me what to do. He would give me unsolicited advice on things he knew nothing about. Still does. So that's fun. One of the things he encouraged me to do, of course, was become a teacher. And yet I saw how hard he worked, saw how tired he was, saw how frustrated he was with the administration, I didn't want to teach. I wanted to become an actor, but it just wasn't good enough. I needed to at least get an education degree to fall back on. Of course, I didn't. I have a healthy disregard for people that want to tell me how to live my life. And lo, look at what I'm doing now. Anyways, we'll get to that in a minute. So I went and got a Bachelor of Fine Arts. That was a compromise. And also because they paid for it. It didn't make me a better actor, though. I made a lot of friends, drank a lot of beer, learned a lot about the history of Canadian theater, which has served me time and time again. Let me tell you, thank you so much, Professor Marshall at the University of Calgary. God, what a phenomenal waste of time. And also a great time. But you know, you get to do what? A few shows every year? You know, now I counsel people who... Um, who are anything like me. And no one's going to make the dumb mistakes I did, but if you really want to go to school, don't go to university to learn how to act. Go to a theater school, or better yet, stay out of school 
go to acting classes, start making stuff on your own, and take business classes. Actors need financial advice, not um, how to access their root chakra. There's enough of that in the world, you know? We don't need more massage trains. We don't need more um, uh, lie on the ground and sizzle like bacon. Keep your monolithavazas away from me. From this healthy disregard for the preciousness of acting, for the, um, for the reverence, for how serious actors can take themselves, I went headlong into the deep end of cynicism and uh, revulsion. And I was helped along this way by forging a long and illustrious career in comedy, in improv, then in stand-up and sketch. Comedians, by definition, have to be detached. We are the observers. We stand outside of things and we comment. We heckle society. But an aversion to earnestness maketh not a great actor. You've got to be willing to be embarrassing, not cool. You've got to be willing to look bad, not good. You've got to get into the shit. You've got to practice feelings. All things anathema as a culturalist Western Canadian wasp. Growing up in West Vancouver, just try not to get the shit beaten out of me at school. Because of my awkwardness and my... um nascent sense of humor, comedy was the way I survived. I had a big mouth and skinny arms, and getting people to laugh was a defense mechanism. Then when I discovered improv in Calgary, that changed everything. What I had been doing recreationally, people were doing professionally, or at least on stage in front of other people. Maybe it wasn't professionally. So that changed everything. But it wasn't until about a year ago when I got some mentorship from a real mensch of a fella, uh, a teacher of mine for years, a great guy, Ben Emanuel in Vancouver. He told me things. And I was finally in a place to listen. And it was incredible because at the age of 50, I was still learning. I was still a student of the craft. I wasn't you know, when I was younger, I wasn't even able to say that word, craft, because James Lipton on Inside the Actor's Studio just made it sound so covered in whipped cream, you know, with his wash that gay right out of your beard hair job and, and his Proust questionnaire, and it was just all so self-important. And that I had contempt for. But what I finally learned was, is that life is all about feelings. It's all about being earnest. It's all about the embarrassments. And so, too, must our performances. I don't care where you are. I don't care if you're a dentist. I don't care if you're a comedian. I don't care if you're a police officer. You'll get more out of it if you take a page from the great actors who stand up there and bear their hearts and souls to the world. 
if politicians did this, I think we'd be in a way better place. I don't know. I do think that performers can be the best of us, though, because of what we practice. We practice vulnerability. We practice uh, sticking our necks out. We practice um, risking everything, uh, body, soul, and ego in public. We hang it out there, man. And we sacrifice everything for our art. You certainly shouldn't be in it for the money. I can tell you that. Comedy led me to a career in acting and commercials, which, of course, I didn't plan for. I had no plan. I had no design. I was clueless. But commercials, unbeknownst to me, are the only things in Canada that pay residuals. So you can work one day and then keep getting checks throughout the year. This allowed me to buy a house. This allowed me to be the stay-at-home dad that I always wanted to be. I mean, I got to pay for everything and be at home with the kids. It was a dream come true. But dreams lead to complacency, don't they? Like everything else, we get used to things. We get comfortable. And we did not get into this creative life for comfort. If you want comfort, you go and do something else. You go and get a job with a union, if they're still around. You go and get a job with a pension. You go into finance if you want to make money. So I got lucky for like 20 years, and then the pandemic, and then they didn't want people like me in commercials. Fair enough. I had a good run. So now I got to do something else. I shouldn't have been surprised that I had strong opinions about performance. I've always had strong opinions, but I reserve the right to change them. I'm not here to tell you how to do things. I'm not here to tell you uh, some my way or the highway method that's going to get you more auditions, that's going to win you the job interview, that's going to that's going to get you more bookings. There's no such thing as getting more inter- job interviews or bookings or auditions from a, a teacher. You can't go to class and get more auditions. Certainly not mine. I don't have any pull. But what I can teach you is is to how to be present, how to slow down, how to reach your potential, and how to inhabit space without apology, both vocally and with your body. And most importantly, how to have a healthy disregard for that which is given, for unearned knowledge, for having misplaced respect for the things that we just take for granted. Take nothing for granted. Anytime you hear somebody say, well, you, this, is, this is what we do here. Is it? Are you sure it's what we do here? Are you sure you need a backstory? Are you sure you need a moment before? Are you sure you need subtext and supertext and an obstacle and an objective and blah, 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 blah? Are you sure you want to be in your head? Maybe you do, but sometimes I felt like I was in over my head. Okay, let's get into it. A note to the young. You've got all the energy now. You have it all. Okay, just listen to me for a second before you start rolling your eyes, okay? You won't have this much energy ever again in your life. All right? 
I'm 51. It's a different ball game now compared to when I was in my 20s. When I was in my 20s, I could do it all and be super hungover at the same time. So know that, that time is finite, that energy is too, but you have way bigger reserves and you're way more pliable and able to bounce back from everything, from working hard to facing adversity when you're young. You don't have the wisdom that you may have when you're my age. You don't have the experience, and those are two different things. But you do have the energy to try different stuff. You're not able to work smarter, so just work hard. When you get older, things hurt. Your brain starts to slow down. And it doesn't happen when you're, when you're ancient. It happens in your midlife. Your brain starts to slow down. You start to forget stuff. Okay? So next time you see somebody who you think, oh, look at that old person, they're probably just in their 50s and cut them some slack. It ain't easy out here. But when you're young, you've got that energy to make stuff. So don't sit around staring at your phone. Okay, it's got a camera on there for a reason. Make stuff. I may not have began teaching until now, but I have been a student of acting since 1991. I love acting more and more. Is love the right word? I don't know. I think it is. Because you can love something without liking it sometimes, right? I like the word compelled. I mean, you've got to be compelled. You've got to be obsessed to do this, right? Just like anything, if you really want to... If you really want to hit the top of anything, be it plumbing or accounting or being a detective, you've, you've got to be obsessed with it. I mean, that's all there are on our screens. You don't have a shitty detective on a, on a police procedural. You have the one that sacrifices everything to do their job the best. So anyway, I still love acting, and it's a bit of a surprise. But it has... Everything to do with me getting better at it. And how do you get better at something? You practice, obviously. It's not from practicing or studying with one person either. I've taken classes from Toronto to Gdansk to Atlanta to Winnipeg. Some teachers are not to be recommended. Some did their very best to no avail. And a few actually broke through. What is irrefutable is it's in the doing The growth comes from practice. You can't learn to act from a book, let alone a newsletter or a podcast. You need a community of people to do it with. You need people. Practice, practice, practice. Every day, every day, every day. But to what end? To perfection? Impossible. Lame. Enough with this perfectionism. It's bullshit. We should be going for satisfactionism. I'm a satisfactionist. And... Fuck original thinkers, too. They don't even exist. Well, I don't know about that. There are some original things happening. But just forget them for a second. We shouldn't be focusing on comparing us with with genius or with um, lightning in a bottle. We should be focusing on being like a plumber. Being a, being a blue-collar actor. Somebody who puts the work in every single day and isn't so concerned with the results because the results are fleeting. 
because the results are out of our control, because maybe we don't live in Hollywood, because maybe we're just happy to be a part of a community of people and to bring something to the table that is of value, that is worthwhile. So why do we do this? For fame? No, who really wants to give up their anonymity? For fortune? Sure, a little bit of fortune would be nice, but not so much that it makes you weird. No, we practice because we fell in love with something years ago. We were compelled to do it, and we keep practicing to stay in love. Because you get used to everything. Humans can get used to anything. So we keep trying stuff to stay alive, to stay in love. The process is the goal. It's in the doing. You take the stuff that resonates and you leave the rest. That's what you do as a student. Now, maybe you, me- you re-examine what the teachers were saying later because things change. You change eventually. As I've crystallized exactly what it is I'm teaching, I've realized three things. I can't change people, but people do change. Number two, this is really all about how to get out of your own way, not how to be a better person. How to get out of your own way is like um, getting rid of all the hang-ups you accrued during high school or um, all the walls you built up to survive uh, childhood or... um, Uh, that person you were in a relationship with during your formative years, maybe your first romantic relationship, where you uh, began to adopt all of their things. We got to find your true self, and it's not a difficult thing. But if you get back to ones, get back to your true self or as close to it as you possibly can, and you do this just by being aware of things, And then by realizing you can let go of habitual behavioral patterns that no longer serve. That's what we do. Because as actors, we want to play other selves. And we can. We can embody other selves. I have expertise in encouraging people to follow that which compels them. And how to execute a bold move. I I, I chose bold acting in a rush. Because... um, I had to build a website. I didn't know how to do that. And, uh, and in order to build a website, you've got to have a URL. And in order to have a URL, you've got to decide on a name. So I chose bold. Even though it sounds like, I don't know, something Tony Robbins would peddle. Which is cheesy, but I love Tony Robbins. I mean, come on. Have you ever watched him or listened to him or read him? It gets you fired up. He changes your state. It's an amazing thing. It doesn't last. But anyway, so I chose bold. And then I told my friend Steve this, and he said, old? Old acting? No, bold acting. Anyway, it was a sample size of one, and the feedback was negative. But I'm hoping it's okay. And in fact, looking back... It's exactly right because it's the boldness that it's the boldness that we can be missing sometimes. And it was a big thing for me to learn. You got to separate yourself from the pack. You can't be afraid to take a chance. I am out on a limb and it is the hand of God. Frank O'Hara said that. And it's so true. Being out on a limb is exactly where it's all happening.
If you're not taking big risks, you're living half a life. If you're not risking stuff, you're not going to go anywhere. You can't play it safe. I know in the depth of my soul that a creative life, be it in accounting or acting, opera or obstetrics, can be incredibly rewarding. Because when you're putting your own stamp on things and you're not focused on yourself or the destination, you become this font of energy that people want to be around. You are present and you experience huge amounts of fulfillment and satisfaction and joy. So that's what I teach under the guise of scene study. The scene study, the acting of it makes it fun. Everybody loves movies and TV. So whether you want to be an actor in Hollywood or or you're fine with a supporting role in the latest Agatha Christie uh, banger down at the Bonavista Community Playhouse, scene study is a great way to practice taking big risks. The most compelling of us clearly communicate with confidence. To do this, we speak on voice. We identify the objective and take our space. And this isn't reserved for actors. Whether you're a lawyer or a politician or an early childhood educator, we are all performing. We practice every day. But sometimes our habits no longer serve us. That's where I come in. How do you present to others? We have to know what our face is doing, what we sound like, and how we take up space. I've acted professionally for 23 years I know what it feels like to walk out on stage and have everyone turn to you and think, this better be good. You want to be the one that people can count on. You want to be able to stand up in front of a crowd and say, don't worry, I'm going to take care of everything. It's leadership when you've never met your army. That's what performance can be. It's ministry while your flock is a bunch of strangers sitting in the dark. It's a jury you won't soon see again. We practice storytelling every day at work, in conversation, in our relationships. Sometimes we practice the wrong way for us. These habits become ingrained. We are not aware of this. Then I gently suggest you stop talking and listen. You focus on serving the other person. You make it about them. You forget about the words and you just behave. Acting is in between the lines we say. I film you. You watch yourself, you are duly horrified. We start from the beginning, and the beginning is always the hardest part. So once you've begun, it gets a lot easier. The pressure's off. Most of the time, it's a short distance between shedding these habits and replacing them with a few key tools that serve us better. It's about self-talk and trust. It's worth the risk. When we practice behavior that serves us, it serves our community, the community where you live, where you work, the people with whom you create things. When we are still and really listen, we are present and we appear more confident. We get what we want. In addition, when we are self-aware enough to dismantle the tells and verbal tics that distract when we, when we get out of our own way, we stand taller, we're more convincing, we become those people that change the energy in a room just by walking into them. We make it look easy. Now, when we walk out on stage or on a dais in front of a class or a province full of undecided voters, we can be the person that will take care 
of everything. Thanks for listening to the Bold Acting Podcast. If you liked it, talk me up at your next dinner party or book club. If you if you like it, rate and review it. It goes a long way to getting the word out. I need you to help me uh, with the word of mouth. Talk me up. If you like me, uh, post about it on Instagram or Facebook or wherever you're at. I appreciate it so much. If you didn't like it, just keep your mouth shut. Keep it to yourself. No one likes a complainer. Don't forget to sign up for the Bold Acting newsletter. Go to boldacting.substack.com and uh, send me an email. Come and audit my class for free. Uh, email jasonbryden at gmail.com. Send me an email even if you can't come to class or you don't want to. Just uh, I'd love to hear from you. Thanks again. <laughs>